But it's fasting time. You've been fasting this week from something. You're seeking God. And we learned last week that the purpose of our fast is that we want to grow closer to God. When we grow closer to God, our whole outlook changes. The way we read the Bible changes. The things that we glean from the Word of God changes. We're not so much seeking what men say or what men think. We want to know what is coming from heaven itself. And so when we're fasting, we're wanting to grow closer and closer to God. How many of you know the devil don't want you fasting? He don't want you growing closer to God. He'll do everything he can to keep that from happening. We've got to stay strong. We've got to stay the course as best we can. You never know how the enemy's going to come and try to trip you up. Always stay focused on the Lord, especially during this time of fasting because here's the thing. Results do happen. We do grow closer to God when we're seeking him. And that's exactly what he wants. I get a lot of questions about wanting to know the will of God. What's God's will for my life? Should I go to this school or should I go to that school? And we had kids last Sunday night asking, they were asking prayer for the classes coming up in this next semester. What should I do or shouldn't do? And that's okay, man. That's what we pray about because you know what? The Lord wants to be in every decision of our lives. Everything. He wants to be the Lord of our life. And so I get those questions. What should I do in a career? Should I take this promotion or should I pass on this promotion? Should I seek to do this or should I seek to do that? Now those are things you're not going to find wrote down in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, Randy Hensley, you need to quit your job and go to China and give the gospel to somebody. We have our moral compass in the Bible, what we should or shouldn't do. You know, we don't ask God if we should, if we should rob a bank. Is this okay, Lord, because I'm hungry? See, that we want to try and start justifying stuff, and we'll pray to God for something he clearly says don't do. The Bible lets us know what we should do and shouldn't do. Lord, should I gossip about this person or should I not? You don't have to ask. That's tempting God and we don't want to do that. So we have something in the Bible that keeps us centered and where we need to go, but there's nothing that's written down in there that says any individual should go do this or that. And the very decisions that we have to make, we need God to help us with them. Amen? And so, that's why we pray. And that's why we spend our time in fasting. is so that we can grow closer to the Lord and a little more sensitive to hear what he tells us. For where he's going to lead us to. Because we need his guidance, right? God knows the beginning from the end. He knows what's around the bend. He knows whether or not you should take that job or not. He knows all about that. He's got those answers for us. And when we seek him, then we follow him. And when we follow him, we always have to look and say, I have to get outside of my own mind and outside of my own self. Because there's worldly wisdom, there's worldly knowledge that can help us make decisions sometimes that will keep God on the back burner. Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 23. We're going to hit a couple of scriptures this morning. 
So when David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Cala and are looting the threshing floors, he inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, go, attack the Philistines and save Cala. But David's men said to him, here in Judah we are afraid. How much more then if we go to Cala against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go down to Caleb, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Caleb, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Caleb. Now that may not make a lot of sense to you, but he was on the run. Solomon was after him. Him and his men, about 600 of them, had been hiding in caves and staying away and they get this word that this group of people is about to be attacked by the Philistines, and here he asks the Lord, what should we do? Most of us would say, let's just keep hiding, and let's just lay low, let's survive through this, something good's going to happen. But yet, he asked the Lord what he wanted him to do. And not only did he ask him the first time, he went back and asked him again because his followers, they didn't think that was a, such a good idea. He's the leader, and they're going to follow what he says, but the whole time, they're sitting there going, look, we're afraid here out here in the wilderness. We're hiding in these caves, and Solomon's bearing down on us. Why do we want to go pick a fight with these guys? Because God said so. You see, it don't always make sense what God wants us to go do. And there certainly will be people that will be around us who will say, that's a bad idea. But if it came from God, it's the only idea because that's the only thing that'll work. And what happened? By the result of them listening to what God told them to do, going against what they thought was right, going against the advisors of the day that he had in his group of men that said, no, we don't need to do this. They went down and a people got saved. Little children survived something that they probably would have been killed over. Whole families, maybe the whole community would have been destroyed and been wiped away, but this man wasn't looking out for his own neck. He was looking for what God wanted. You see, we can make decisions in our lives, and we're going to make them every day. You're going to be faced with decisions this week. I'm going to be faced with decisions this week that's going to make a difference in where I'm going and where I'm not going. Where am I going with the Lord, or am I doing my own thing? And they have consequences. Amen? I mean, you know, you could quit your job this week because you, you, something nice and shiny looks good. You know what I'm saying? And you get there and you find out the guy that hired you and he put you under another supervisor and a month later this guy don't like you and you're living in misery. And three months later, maybe the company shuts down. So you left a good job to go to what you thought was good. You didn't pray about it. You used wisdom. said, so I'm going to make more money. Everything's going to be grander. It's greater. The grass ain't always green on the other side. Only God knows whether it is or not. So therefore, we need to inquire of him, just like David did. It don't always make sense to us, but it always makes perfect sense to God. And the bigger the obstacle, the bigger the weirdness of it might seem, a lot of times that's how God works. Now, that's not just how God works. Some people think that because I'm struggling, I'm hard, you know, because I'm serving God. That doesn't mean anything. That just means you're in a bad place or that's the path that you're on. That doesn't, that's not, the, uh, that's not the, the way that we tell whether or not we're, we're serving God right or not. You understand what I'm saying? In Acts chapter 16, Paul and his companions, verse 6, 
Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept at the Holy, by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Messia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Messia and went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, not everything that looks to be godly is necessarily what God is exactly wanting us to do. Here they are getting ready to go into Asia. Paul has this thing to go into Asia. Think about this. You tell me if this is right or not. Should I go and give the gospel to the people in Asia? Is that a yes? Usually yes. We're taking the gospel. We're not going to do anything wrong. We're going to tell people about Jesus. But the Spirit of God said no. I don't want you to go there. Because he knew what was going to happen that night. He knew where he needed him to go. The people of Macedonia needed him. It might not make sense, and it might have a lot of zeal about it. Well, we need to go here. We need to go to this place. We need to go to that place. Everybody needs the gospel, amen? But it don't necessarily have to be me going. If God doesn't want me going to somewhere to preach the gospel, I don't go. Otherwise, it's going to be an effort in futility. It's not going to amount to anything because that's not what he wanted me to do, amen? He might want someone else to go, someone else from this church. So, do you see what I'm talking about? We are going to be faced with decisions, and some of them, every one of them, God wants to be a part of our lives. We just sent out Christmas cards a few weeks ago, Isaiah chapter 9, that he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. But he's going to be our Counselor. You see, Jesus either has our life or he don't. Being a Christian is not just showing up at church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and for a week during a revival or two weeks during a revival. It's he's our Lord or he's not our Lord. And he will be the counselor. He will be the one that will lead us and guide us in every decision we need to make. All we got to do is pray. You don't have to put your name on your prayer request right down. Hey, I need to know what to do here. Should I take this job? Should I go to this place or that place? Put it down. Pray about it. Find you a prayer buddy and you go and you take it before the Lord and the Lord will lead you. I've got two wonderful children and I'm glad that they're in church today. I'm glad that they're serving in the church. I want them to do the right thing in school. I want them to be what God wants them to be. Megan's at a place now. It's time for her to start making decisions school-wise to decide what she's going to be when she grows up. And thank God she's not just listening to every little wind that blows by. Because most of them are saying, well, you can make good money at this. Well, it might not be God wants her to make good money. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I went to school to be an electrician. My dad wanted me to do that, and therefore I had no interest in doing that. That's what he wanted me to do because, son, you can make good money doing that. It's a good job. And it is. 
That's not what I'm to do. I didn't go to wire your house up, it'll burn down. I'll walk around with frizzed hair. It's just not what I do. It don't make me a bad guy. That's what Jesse does. That's why he's here. And Brother Jeff, Jeff does that kind of work. By the way, pray for Brother Jeff. He's down in his back. So lift him up. Anybody ever have back problems, you know what that's all about. But I want them to be what they need to be, what God wants them to be. I want them to go where God wants them to go. And that might mean one day they come and say, Dad, i got to go to Japan. I won't like that. It's not easy to hop in the car and run to Japan to go visit them. And it costs a lot of money to fly there and for them to come see me. But yet, if that's what God wants done, then that's what we got to want, right? That's what we got to seek. And so we're spending our time now praying that the Lord will lead them and guide them and where they need to go because He needs to be the Lord of their life in every decision. He needs to be yours. He needs to be mine. And everything we do, we got to seek God because He knows what He wants. And He is our Heavenly Father, right? We who being evil know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more will the Father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask? We have to listen to the Spirit of God to talk to us. We got the Bible. Read the Bible because that's what feeds us. That's what strengthens our spirit. But yet we got to call upon God. And sometimes when God talks to us, it might be in a dream. Sometimes when God talks to us, it might be a still, small voice. Sometimes when God talks to us, it might be Austin Tucker was a 14-year-old child who might give a word to me and you, you're the preacher. Yeah, but yeah, I was looking for something, but God used him. I might read a piece of scripture that may not exactly tell me what I'm supposed to do, but there's something in there that if I'm seeking God and being sensitive to the Spirit, he'll click it right there and say, that's what I'm talking about. And he gets real to us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He loves us. Brother Jones, you love your children, don't you? You'd, you'd break this world apart if you had to for them, and if you could. How about you, Jesse? Well, me too. And can I tell you what? You're evil. Only by the blood of Jesus are you not, and so are you, and so am I. How much more do you think God cares about me and what I'm supposed to do? How much more do you think he cares about you and what you're supposed to do? He'll take you to the place that you're supposed to go if you'll let him. And the first thing you got to do is you got to submit. And the first thing you got to do is you got to take worldly thinking and get it out. Because God don't always do it that way. You understand? So here Paul was. He was supposed to go. I mean, my goodness, he's, he's taking the gospel. He's got zeal to go there. I'm going into Asia and I'm going to take the gospel. And the Spirit of God says, huh, I don't want you going there. And so he didn't. How did he know that? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. The only thing we can do is speculate. Maybe he was praying and said no. Maybe one of the people with him said, I don't think we should do that. And it was good enough for him that something struck in his spirit. He said, okay, we won't. Maybe we'll pray another day before we go. I don't know. And you don't either. <laughs> but we do know what happened. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. In Acts chapter 8, we have Philip. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, and an important official in the charge of the treasury of Candace, which means the queen, she was the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. 
And on his way home was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? Now I want you to picture this just for a moment. He is in Samaria and all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord tells him, I need you to go this way. He didn't tell him where he was going. He didn't tell him what was on the agenda. He just said, all right, I'm going to do it. He, was, he wanted to follow what God wanted him to do. And not only this, think about this. I, I, I used to read this and think in a way of saying, well, this is a guy in a wagon. Folks, this was the treasure of a nation. What happens when our treasure and our big government officials travel? They've got a band of people traveling with them to protect them. And you don't get close to them. I worked around D.C. Whenever the president's coming through, they start clearing streets. And if you don't look right, they will arrest you. Find out what your problem is. They're going to clear their way and you're going to submit. How in the world did this man get this close to walk beside of this guy's wagon? Think about that. In his own mind, I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to run down there. But yet he did. Why? Because that's what God wanted. God had ordained it. To him go and fix us. And by that, a man receives salvation. What's to keep me from being baptized, he said. Well, nothing. And the gospel now went into northern Africa. Because he told him about Jesus. That's what he was reading, right? So we have to be sensitive to the Spirit. In this time of fasting, that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to grow sensitive to the Spirit, growing closer to God. Because God has something so much for each and every one of us. And take every experience you've ever had and don't always rely on our own understanding. You see, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. That's truth that's in the Word. And here's the next thing. He loves you and me more than our own moms and dads can love us, more than we can love our children. And whenever he gives us something to do, he's going to go with us. He didn't say, I'm going to send you down here to find trouble. No, I'm going to go with you. This is the path I'm walking on. I need you to go on. This is God talking. Now go. And by the way, I'll just walk with you as we go. Folks, you can't get no better than that when you've got God Almighty walking on your trail with you. He knows where the pitfalls are. And if we're not sensitive to His Spirit, we may fall in them. Didn't mean that He doesn't love us. He's just needing us to learn to listen. He says, okay, I'm going to have to let you fall here. But take my hand. It doesn't matter where we've been walking, folks. It doesn't matter what you've done in this life. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. It is a gift. And I can tell you right now, Jesus will go wherever he's got to go whenever you say, Lord, I love you, I need you, I want you. And that's exactly where he's going to come to. And he's going to say, take my hand. And that's what we have to do. Amen. He's everything. And we can sing hallelujah. And we can know that when we put prayers to him, that he hears them. And then we got to listen. We got to hear what he's got to say to us. Get away. Get by yourself. Get somewhere where you're alone. 
cell phone away and the word of God, just get the word of God and pray and meditate. Take that time to listen for God. Because there's so much business going on in this world. There's so much to do. There's so much to occupy our time. And there's so much stuff that looks godly that isn't. Prime example. Paul wanting to go into Asia. That's the greatest thing in the world. I want to go give the gospel. Hey, he had zeal. But the Lord said, no. You're not going. Not there. And not today. It's not your job. I've got someone else I'm going to have to do that. Because had Paul went, he would have been out of the will of God. And when you get out of the will of God, trouble comes. God has to get us back on the right path. Amen? He loves us that much, right? You need to be on the path I have chosen for you. That's what we're fasting for. As a church, we're, we're fasting so that we can be closer to God, so that we can make the decisions that God wants us to make, so that we can go the places that he wants us to go, to give the word, get to give the gospel to who he wants us to give it to, to let that love pour out. You gave this morning in an offering that's $100 a month goes to outreach. We don't give people money, we give them bread. Here's your $3.19 worth of bread. Now you save $3.19, you can pay your power bill because we don't have it. And we're not going to get into that, but here's some food. I don't want you starving. You understand what I'm saying? And we have these things, and we're able to do this outreach, that if somebody has that need, then we have the chance to give them the gospel. Let me tell you something. People who are just beggars who just want dollar bills, if you don't give them, they don't come back. They don't keep calling. Some of them will keep coming back for a loaf of bread because they're hungry and they're real and they're sincere and they receive. Not everybody can be taught. Not everybody can be trained. You ever been around those they know more than anybody else? Can't tell them anything? As soon as you tell them, they've got a better answer. I done tried that. Maybe somebody read it in a book one day and said, well, we're going to try that, but it wasn't of God. What kind of destruction did they make just now? Maybe for a church. Oh, we tried that. That doesn't work. We spent all kinds of money. We put all kinds of time. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's just not of God. Because somebody sowed something into somebody and it ruined for everybody else. But God said, yeah, that's what I want you to do. But I didn't want you doing it then. I want you doing it now. Once again, if we don't get on his on his place, on his, on his path, on where he's leading us to. We're in a bad place, amen? Anybody know if you're not on the same path God is on, you're in a bad place. And therefore, that's what we're praying for. That's what we're seeking. Is we want God to work in our lives. We want to be going where he's going and doing what he's doing. In Numbers chapter 16, I touched on this last week. Korah, son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and certain Reubenites, Dathan and Abraham, sons of Eliab, and the son of Peleth, became insolent. What does that mean? Rebellious. That's a good word. They became rebellious. Let's try that one on for size. So all these guys, the Levi, and they were Levites, they became rebellious. We'll say that. And rose up against Moses, and within, 
and with them 250 Israelite men, well-known community leaders who had been appointed members of the council. They came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said unto them, You have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? And when Moses heard this, he fell face down. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, In the morning the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy, and he will have that person come near him. The man he chooses, he will cause to come near to him. You read the rest of chapter 16 and find out what happens whenever you go against God's plan. We got to make sure we understand that. They became rebellious because they said, well, we're Levites. Who in the world put you in charge, Moses? God did. And you see what he did? He fell down on his face. He prayed. He was seeking God. How else could he stand back up and say, you know what? Tomorrow God's going to make it right. He's going to show us. Now, had he gone on to say what is in the rest of that chapter, they might not have showed up the next day. Anybody know what happened? When Korah and his men came up, and some of them came up to the tent, the Lord told Moses, tell these people to get away from them. Scatter, get away from them, because they're danger. They're bad. And they did, and the earth opened up and swallowed them whole. And it closed back up because they went against God's anointed one. They had rebellion in their heart. God took care of business. Not only that, there were 250 other people that were with them. Anybody know what happened to them? They told them to carry these censers. They would get the hot coals from the altars and carry them. That's part of their procession coming in that morning before Korah and them got swallowed up. And they had them. And what happened to them? The Lord said, get away from them. And the next thing that happened is fire came down and consumed 250 people. It's that important, folks, that we get on board with God. It's that important that we don't use worldly, wis use worldly wisdom, but we use godly wisdom. Godly wisdom will go a lot of times against what we think is right. In our own way of thinking. Should you take that job that you're inquiring about? I've been praying for you, my friend. Is it okay if I say that? I done said it now. <laughs> Pray for him. He's got an opportunity. We need the Lord to lead him in the job he needs. Otherwise, he'll get discouraged. He might get to the place that he doesn't trust Jesus no more. And he walks out of the church and he stops following the Lord. Because he'll blame God. Can I tell you this? God loves you enough. He's got something for you, and it's good. It ain't bad. It's good. And that goes for each and every one of us. Amen? But we got to be on his page. That's why we're fasting today. And you say, well, then how in the world is it I know what God's telling me? Colossians chapter 3.15. Somebody turn there. We got it up there. Charlie's getting it. Kenan's getting it. It's coming. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You ever had something that you've done and you just didn't have peace about it? It just didn't feel right. You didn't know why, but you just didn't have peace about it. 
Even though it may seem the, the godly thing to do, even though it may seem like that's where we're supposed to go, the one thing that we have is with the peace of God. Not will I be happy. We learned last week about happiness and sadness. Happiness and sadness, it's just like the wind. Good things happen, we're happy. Bad things happen, we're not happy. But peace and joy comes from God. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's the ruler, the judge, so to speak. His peace is what rules in our hearts. Now, if we're following something as a group of people, and all of a sudden we just don't, this guy's got peace and this guy don't, we don't need to be fighting about it. We need to be going to Jesus about it because something very bad is very wrong. And everybody can't be right. There's only one way, and that's God's way. Amen? So do we want God's will? That's the first place we got to get. That's what the purpose of this fast is. Should I do this or should I not do this? If God's peace comes into my heart over it, it's what he wants. If I don't have good peace about that, that's my ruler to know. And the next thing you can do is you can always stack it against the word because God never contradicts himself. Amen? He'll never tell you to do something that he says in his Bible, don't do. If that's the case, you need to get a different check on who the Christ in your heart is. I hate to say it that way, but that's true. Because we got the peace of Christ, we'll know. If you'll stand to your feet, hey, can somebody play some music, live music? Sorry, that was off of the cuff. Today is the start maybe of a warning from God to you, each one of us. We got decisions to make. We're going to face them this week. We're going to face them in the next two weeks. We have the choice to fast and seek God or not. We have the choice to ask him his opinion or not. He's not going to, we don't have to ask him, should I go rob this bank? Because we already know the word tells us we don't do that. Do I take this job? Do I buy this house? I'm going to tell you now, the world will tell you that you can buy this house. 2008 is a good example. The world said, hey, you can buy this. And we're going to give you the money. We don't care if you eat bologna sandwiches for the next 30 years. You'll get tired of them because then that's what happens. But you can make it and we're going to give you the money to do it. And guess what? If you don't make it, then we come out good. We get a piece of property. The world will tell you that's not the standard you go by. Oh, but I can afford it. Yeah, but does God want you to have it? That's the question. Does he want you to have it? Because he knows what's around the bend. He knows that if work is going to get bad. He knows whether or not the economy is going to get slammed or not. He knows whether or not that piece of land you buy or that house that you buy may be sitting on radon or some kind of bad stuff. And now it's worthless. But guess what? Mr. Baker still wants his check. We got to call upon God for these kinds of things. And we got decisions to make. Should I take this job or not do this job? Should I speak to this person or not to this person? That is what it's about and where you're at today. You can come to the altar. You cannot. It doesn't matter. You can call upon God and say, Father, help me.
Help me to see where you want me to go because I want to go there. And Lord, help me with my unbelief. I may not believe that this is of you. I may not believe this is the path I'm to be on. But if it's what you want, Lord, I put it in your hands. I want you to come in. I want you to change my heart. Just like on Tuesday, we saw a man's whole countenance change because Jesus moved into his heart. And the same thing can happen for us. Amen. So if you're just where you're at, let's just go there. Let's pray. Let's ask God to lead us this week. Lead us in our fasting time. Lead us in the decisions we got to make. Because when we make decisions, there are always going to be consequences. Good or bad, there's going to be results from it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves before you this morning and give you the glory, Father. We give you the glory that you love us despite us. We give you the glory, Father, that you have made the way for us to be clear. You have offered to move into our lives. You have offered to lead us on every decision that we make. Help us, Almighty God, to get to that place that we're not so full of ourselves, that we know everything, but that we call upon you for these decisions. We don't want to see what the world sees. We want to see what you see. We want to stand where you want us to stand. Because, Lord, this, is, this life that I live is yours. Do with it what you will. Just give me the courage to hold your hand, to follow you down the path that you lead me on. Give me the courage, Lord, to have the voice to speak out, to drive within me to get your knowledge inside of me, Lord. know who and what lies ahead. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning that every heart that's here, everyone that has heard this word this morning, Lord, that it'll get inside their spirits and that they in turn will give you glory. Not say Ken preached a good message or Ken preached a bad message, but they look to you, Lord, and know that your word is true and know that you have love. Love that will take us through anything we face. We may have children that are making decisions today and we wonder about it, Father. Help us to lead them. Help us to be that light that you'll use. Father, we ask that you send someone in their path that will be that light. Help us, Lord, as a church, as this local congregation, to walk on the very paths that you give to us without stutter or stammer, but we will follow you. We'll keep our eyes on your light in this coming year and do what you have asked us to do. And as pastor, Father, I ask, Lord, that you help me to see what you want. Lord, if I don't follow where you're going, I ask that you take me out because it's too important for these people. It's too important for this local church. Help us to follow you, Father. Help us to do your will, Father. 